When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Wednesday, May 18th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the uh, Guardians lose a tough one on Tuesday night. Uh, really one that I think a lot of people uh, probably thought that there were different times where, uh, you know, after that Owen Miller home run in the ninth inning, I think uh, a lot of people probably thought that this was, uh, was going to go in the win column for the Guardians. But uh, uh, a couple of breaks didn't go their way the, uh, there late in the game, and uh, they wound up losing 5-4 to four in 10 innings. Uh, not often that you see Jose Ramirez at the plate with the bases loaded in the, uh, you know, in a, in a chance to win a game for Cleveland, and he strikes out on a, on a check swing. Yeah, that was uh, like we were saying before the broadcast, Joe. I mean, what the Reds lose a game, even though they throw a no hitter, and they win a game when they what hitting the five ground five double plays and. Uh, strike out Jose Ramirez with the bases loaded in a, in a game winning situation. Yeah. Uh, those five double plays, uh, you know, Zach Plesak talked about after the game, how uh, you know, it, it, it can really sort of energize a, a club just to, and turn it over to the offense there. That really didn't happen. Uh, you know, they, they grounded into double plays in, in every inning between the, you know, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh uh, innings there. Uh, it, it, you know, really helped Plesak out. But it didn't translate into the kind of offense that that they needed. Connor Overton uh, really sort of kept the uh, the foot on their throat really throughout the the entire game. At one point, he retired fifteen batters in a row. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, just watching him on TV. Joe, he looked great. I mean, didn't throw real hard, but was in the strike zone. I mean, he lived in the strike zone, uh, and um, you know, had great breaking stuff. Uh, it just seemed to, uh, you know, was always one step ahead of uh, Cleveland's hitters. Yeah, and, and that was uh, the case until uh, Andres Jimenez uh, sort of snapped that streak with a, a slide into uh, first base, uh, beat, the, uh, beat the throw from the first baseman, uh, Colin Moran, to Overton at the bag. But it was, uh, you know, a, a little bit of late offense. Miles Straw comes up with two RBIs on a sack fly and a, an RBI single. And then Owen Miller really, uh, really comes through in the clutch as he's been doing all season long. Yeah, just a big, huge home run in the ninth inning. Uh, Ramirez draws a leadoff walk, and uh, Miller just 
I mean, he turned on that pitch. That was a beautiful swing. That was just, that was just really, really fun to watch and uh, ties it up. And like you said, Joe, you know, you figure that all the momentum is, is with uh, Cleveland right then uh, ninth inning, you know, you've, you've, you're going to bat last no matter what. And uh, they just didn't get it done, but it was, it was really an interesting game though. I really, you know, I, I, I liked your game story and uh, it, it had to be a good game for, uh, you know, people to watch and, and, and fans to watch. Well, and really the, the story of that game up until Miller's home run was Overton pretty much controlling the, the guardians offense. And, you know, you, you sort of rip up the lead after, uh, after Miller hits that home run and, and makes uh, makes the story something else. Uh, Miller said he was looking for uh, a slider from uh, the the Cincinnati closer uh, because he had seen uh, that he had, he tended to go to that slider uh, a couple of times in the past and he had faced him before. So he was hunting that pitch and, and to, to know that he, he got it. Uh, but it's not like the Guardians didn't have their chances there at the end. Uh, you had the play where, uh, you know, Palacios was on second base as the automatic runner down a run in the 10th inning. And uh, Cincinnati uncorks a wild pitch. The ball squirts along the, the, the backstop and, and heads towards the, the third base dugout, or the, I'm sorry, the first base dugout. And uh, had the Cincinnati catcher, Tyler Stevenson, deflected the ball before it went into the, into the dugout, uh, you know, Palacios would have been awarded home plate and, and would have been able to, uh, to score the, the, the tying run at that point. Unfortunately, uh, Stevenson doesn't touch the ball, and by rule, because the ball was pitched and went into the the dugout after that, uh, Palacios had to stop at third. Yeah, the ball took a right turn at at the right time for the Reds and the wrong time for uh, for the Guardians. Uh, just a, a weird play, but the plate umpire was on it all the way from the start. There was no really argument, no discussion. You know, Carl Willis said uh, they got the, you know, they got the, the, the umpires got it right. Right. Yeah. And then that's, that's sort of the heartbreaking part of it. Uh, I know after the game, a lot of the Reds players and, and David Bell, the manager, uh, they all thought that they, they sort of got lucky on that one because uh, had, had Stevenson touched the ball, it would have been uh, an, an extra base for Palacios. And, you know, we wouldn't be talking about Jose Ramirez striking out with the bases loaded who probably, uh, you know, have had at least one more chance to, to go up there and win the game. Uh, just going back to Owen Miller here real quickly. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought when they put Owen Miller in that number four spot, when Fran Reyes started to struggle that, Oh, maybe this is a temporary thing. This is, you know, Owen Miller doesn't, doesn't hit for power enough to, to justify being in that number four spot, but really uh, I, the, that four spot is, is less about, at least in the guardians lineup, is less about you know hitting you know home runs and doubles as it is about forcing pitchers to throw strikes to Jose Ramirez, and I, I guess we've we've seen that a little bit at least you know Jose is maybe scuffling a little bit over the last week or so, but uh, you know Miller is at least making them keeping the other team honest when it comes to you know throwing pitches to Jose Ramirez. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's, you want Jose to, to get some pitches and you've got, you know, strong Quan in front of him. You've got, and you've got to have somebody that's, you know, at, at least a threat to, uh, to, you know, either, you know, get on base, drive the ball 
or you know just he's gonna you know he's gonna advance uh you know uh, Ramirez and he's not gonna swing and miss and what Miller's hitting what 387 from the seventh inning on he's you know he's become a dangerous guy yeah his uh his splits are pretty impressive in terms of uh you know late in games and in leverage situations uh I, I put up a story about that uh this, this morning in high leverage situations this is according to to baseballreference.com, he's hitting 300. Uh, he is 6'4", 20, uh, with two home runs, six RBIs. And his uh, the split OPS plus, where uh, 100 is the league average, uh, he is at uh, 226 on that split. So, you know, that, that, that's pretty outstanding. Uh, you know, he's the guy right now that you want in those situations, maybe even more than Jose Ramirez. Yeah, and if you compare him to last year, last year, you know, this was a guy that was, you know, trying his darndest to hit a, hit a single to right field. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't, we rarely, rarely ever saw him turn on a ball. So, you know, he's he's come a long way, Joe. Yeah, after uh, after the seventh inning, seventh inning and later, uh, he's batting three eighty two right now with a uh, an eleven twenty four OPS, which is you know you know pretty solid. Uh, the good, the nice thing is we've seen a lot more of his ability to pull the ball now to left field. So uh, Owen Miller uh, getting the job done and, you know, Hey, we don't want to jinx anything. Let's just uh, let's get out of here and, and, and keep it as is because Owen Miller's uh, you know, doing an outstanding job uh, so far. Uh, Joe, I got to ask you something, you know, in, in the ninth, in the 10th inning, when they had the extra guy on second base, now you're, we've seen the guardians on the road, you know, uh, be the visiting team and, you know, and, and go all out to score more than one run, you know, to, uh, you know, to get that edge. Uh, but should the Guardians have played a, a little small ball uh, in, in the 10th inning last night? But, you know, with the eight, nine hitter out coming up and, and uh, you know, Palacios on second base, you know, but, uh, you know, what, uh, Mercado struck out and then, uh, then uh, pinch hitters. Yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. You play for one run and you keep the game going at least. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Uh, It's just not the way things are done. I think right now in, uh, in, in, in big league baseball, Uh, you saw what would happen if you, if you let Andres Jimenez stay in there and hit and he drives a ball uh, off the wall in in Minnesota in in an extra inning game. uh, And you, you sort of, you, you get your runs that way, you know, if, if you think about it. So uh, there's the, there are the two, two different schools in philosophy and, you know, maybe not having Terry Francona in the, uh, in the dugout there. It, it, I don't know if it necessarily hurt them in that situation, but maybe things would have gone differently had Francona been, uh, you know, they're calling the shots in, in the moment, uh, you know, different philosophies. I, I think he and he and Carl Willis are pretty much, you know, of the same mind or, or aligned, uh, you know, pretty, pretty tightly when it comes to their philosophies on, on how to handle ga- end of game situations like that. Oh yeah, definitely. But it was interesting because you only need a run, you know, but I can see when you're the visitor, you want to push, you know, and you're not playing small ball. Right. Well, it, you know, if you've got the first crack at it, it's like, you know, winning the coin toss in, uh, in, in the NFL in overtime, you know, do you want the ball or do you want to play defense? Do you want to see, uh, you know, who, uh, you know, how your opponent does before you know what you need to do. Uh, I think at home, uh, 
knowing that you need a run there, you, you probably want to move the runner and, and give yourself a chance, but you know, you, you've got to have the personnel who can get a bunt down yeah. or, or can, you know, at least handle the bat. Those are the times you, you long for like prime Omar Vizquel when you know you can get a bunt down or, or you know you can put a ball in play and get it, uh, you know, get a guy moved over to third base. Uh, all right. Uh, our, uh, our, our friend Rob Butcher, uh, who's a PR guy with the Cincinnati Reds, sent along a um, uh, sort of a summary and, you know, just to consider voting for uh, the, the outstanding player in the Ohio Cup. Uh, tonight's final game of the uh, the the four game series the the cup will be retained by the uh, I, you know you know you love talking about these these ridiculous <laughs> uh, you know awards or uh, you know cups or these challenges but you know this thing's been going on for for quite since ninety seven really the yeah. this, uh, this award's been going back and forth uh, this is the eighth year that that Cleveland will retain the cup uh, just by virtue of of uh, at least earning a split in the four game series because uh, Cincinnati can't win it back uh, without taking the series. So, uh, you know, they're, they're asking for an outstanding player in the Ohio cup uh, series. And uh, you know, there, there's some interesting candidates that, that, that butcher sent along uh, just to, to, to think of a few. Uh, we talked about Owen Miller and he's had uh, an outstanding Ohio cup series. I think, you know, if Cleveland goes on to win three of the four games, I think you've got to give it to him. But uh, the other candidate uh, on, on the red side, who do you think uh, might deserve it over there? But uh, Tyler Naquin has had a great, great series against uh, his old ball club. I thought uh, the, the play he made uh, in the ninth inning, the offensive play he made in the ninth inning uh, last night uh, with two outs with the, you know, he's bunting with two outs, reaches on a bunch single first crack. He steals second. And then, uh, you know, farmer drives him in. I thought that was a great play. That was, that was, you know, really smart base, a smart baseball play. Uh, and he's hitting 544, 545, six for 11, two homers, three RBIs. I think he's trying to prove a point, Joe. Yeah, I, I'd say so. And, and, you know, he did that last night in the ninth inning against Tyler Steppen. Uh, you know, we want to talk about the the Guardians' young bullpen. Uh, Tyler Steffen, Emmanuel Classe, and Nick Sandlin each gave up a run last night. Uh, not the ideal situation you would like if you were uh, uh, the, the Guardians, but uh, these are the guys who, who really look like they're going to be uh, carrying the bulk of the, the late innings for Cleveland's bullpen uh, for, for the time being. Yeah, very young, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, Stefan, well, Rule 5 guy. Sandlin was a rookie last year. Class A, uh, I think, was still, you know, was, was a you know, received votes of the rookie of the year last year. So, you know, really young guys, great arms. And uh, I think, you know, these are just, you know, they yes, they gave up a, a run each at a critical time. But, you know, these are the three guys that are really going to grow into that, back into that bullpen. And uh, they certainly have the stuff to do it. Yeah, you can chalk. I think you can definitely chalk this one up to sort of growing pains for that bullpen. Uh, you're, you're putting uh, Stefan and, or at least Sandlin and Class. Or, I'm sorry, Sandlin and Class A. You're putting in, um, you know, unenviable positions there. Uh, Sandlin comes in with the runner on base. What are you going to do? That's not yeah. even an earned run when he he does that. You know, if, if there's no runner on second base and he walks three guys and then strikes out the next two you're out of the inning. It's not a, 
yeah. it, it's not a problem. So, uh, yeah, I, where is your confidence right now, though, in, in the, those three in terms of when they bring them in? And, and, and where does Brian Shaw fit in that mix? Yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm really confident when they bring those guys in. I, I have a good feeling about it. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen the best of Class A yet for some reason. You know, that was a non-safe situation, too. So, I don't know. You know, I, we've seen closers, you know, really kind of they change personalities when it's a non-safe as opposed to a safe situation. But uh, I, I, I like those uh, three guys. Uh, they're really putting Sandlin in some leverage situations. And I think, you know, Shock, you know, if I don't know if we'll see Shaw in those spots like we used to, you know, and as an eighth inning guy. Uh, but, you know, I think if, if those guys have been used, you know, two or three times in a series, you know, I think Shaw certainly has the stuff to uh, step in and, you know, give those guys a breather. But maybe he's a sixth and seventh inning guy now. Yeah, and, and you've got Sam Hentges and uh, yeah. um, uh, why do I why do I keep wanting to call him David Price? As <laughs> Anthony goes, every time I I, I have to stop myself. He's not David Price. He's Anthony Ghost. He's a far cry from David Price. But uh, Anthony Ghost uh, from the left side there, I, I think you know Ghost probably profiles right now uh, to pitch the same kind of innings. As, as Shaw, but from the left side, uh, you know, we, when things line up that way, uh, Shaw is interesting. It was his 700 and our 475th, I'm sorry, 475th appearance for Cleveland. Uh, and that ranks now tied for third all time with Willis Hudlin, uh, who pitched in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s uh, for, for the Indians. Uh, so Willis Hudlin made you know, 475 appearances. The next one for Shaw is going to put him into sole possession of third place uh, on that list. Uh, the only guys ahead of him, uh, I, I believe, are uh, Mel Harder and, and uh, uh, Bob Feller. Yeah, that's pretty uh, select company there. I mean, Harder and, uh, and Feller were starters mostly, but uh, obviously, you know, you, you make that many appearances, and yet it's not like you know, Shaw spent his whole career in Cleveland. You know, he came over from Arizona. He left for two or three years with uh, the Rockies and Seattle, and he's come back. I mean, this guy, he's like, he's, <laughs> he can go every day, man. Well, and, and that's sort of the point is like with, with, with Shaw, he wants to, he, he talks about that, that Jesse Orozco all-time appearances uh, um, uh, number, and it's sort of half-jokingly, but it's sort of not. I think he really does want to pitch until pretty much his arm falls off or somebody tells him, no, you're done now. Uh, and, and we've seen him, you know, be up and be down and be up again. Uh, you know, right now he might not be at the top of his game, but, you know, there might be a resurgence. Maybe, maybe you see him. I, I, I certainly think he'll get up around 70 appearances this year if they keep him on the roster the entire year. Oh, yeah. That, that's for no doubt about it. If he's healthy, Joe, uh, Joe he's, he's, that's, he's, you lock them in for 70. I mean, that's that I think, uh, and you know, this is, this was a good rebound game for him last night too, especially after that ugly, uh, that ugly game in uh, Seattle. I mean, uh, against the twins, yeah. you know, he came in three batters, hit one guy, but got the double play. He got, you know, in the seventh, you know, no fuss, no muss, got it over with. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, five double plays. They haven't done that in a game since, uh, 2017 
against Detroit. That was a September game against Detroit uh, in, in 2017. So, uh, you know, some things to build on, some things to work on. And uh, again, this is a, a Guardians club that even when they're down late, uh, you can't really count them out of a, a game. Uh, you like this uh, in, in terms of building an identity and becoming who they are, these young players, uh, getting that confidence that they know, you know, even when there's two outs in the bottom of the ninth, there's still a chance as long as you got one out to play with. Uh, and maybe if, uh, if Owen Miller's coming to the plate as well. It's a good, uh, good, you know, good, really kind of uh, foundation to set for this club, Joe. Right. All right. Uh, Battle of Ohio wraps up tonight. It's uh, Cal Quantrill and Tyler Malley. Should be a, a well-pitched, crisp game, hopefully. Uh, we'll, we'll see that. Uh, Hoinsey, we will check in with you again tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe.